Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Adel Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adel Marcy, bringing you season four. It's about damn time I got this guy on here. I've been waiting for absolute ages to get him on board. He is, uh, he's an integral part of Dan Meredith's Planet Dan and all his business, but he's an integral part of just being my friend. He's like a badass dude that I've been friends with for four years now. Uh, it's, about, it's about that time, dude. Three it's or four years, time. yeah. yeah, we, yeah. Got none, we got none other than uh, Tega in in the uh, in the house. I'm not going to attempt to say a surname because I've actually messed it up so many times trying to practice. Um, legit, like I found three different ways to say your name. I was, I don't know which one it is. But what's, you know what? what, what's your persona? Like, what's your persona again? Like your your online backup persona? Uh, oh, Tony. Tony, that's it. Or Tony, Tony. as we like to call him. <laughs> Tony the Savage. Uh, tell you what, uh, as this goes on, I'll give you a chance to try and get my name right, and uh, we'll see if you can get it right. Because I've had so many different people come up with so many different iterations, and it's always funny to me. Okay, I got, I got to find out where your name actually is. Okay, okay. I'm gonna go with Digby. Close enough. Okay. Close enough. How do you say it? Digby. Digby. Okay, cool enough. I, I've missed out the e. Yeah. You have to, you kind of have to draw that out, don't you? D A B. Yeah, pretty and much. The G B E at the end is a big massive B, not B B. If that makes sense. Pretty much. Before cool. any other is essentially what you need to end with. All right, so quick sponsor <laughs> shout out. <laughs> what it is? Yeah. That, that's what B stands for, bitches. It's before any other. Um, I found that I found that out the weirdest way possible. I was watching a Star Wars interview and they were talking about it on there. I was like, oh shit, no way. I I, I, I didn't know that. So Yeah, it, it was a BuzzFeed thing. Star Wars interview. I was like, uh what? That's a thing? I was like, fair enough. I had no idea what it meant, but now I do. Um it's my job to educate the the, the marketing world, so every time you say bay, you now you now know what it is. You bitches. Nice. Uh, Thank you, <laughs> but anyway, so I was gonna say it was um Sponsorship, bro. Yeah, hell yes, thank you. Sorry, just brain froze for a second. So, um, so for the sponsorship roll call, here it is. We got all the sponsors in today. The biggest one being, of course, Adamarcy Unplugged, uh, which is home at adamarcy.com. Tigger actually takes care of all that fun stuff. By the way, that's the other reason I have him in today is because he actually uh, helps with putting the show notes together. He's fucking awesome, and I wanted him to be on here to uh, work with you guys should you want it. The second place is abrasiveentrepreneur.com, which is um, abrasive agency Shane Hunter's heads. Like the Shane Hunter agency, it's pretty much abrasiveentrepreneur.com. He's going to do like a, he's giving away like a free hour long Facebook psychology training on how to basically get more clicks, get people to interact with the ads. And this guy's been doing it for ages. He's worked with a ton of amazing people. And the third sponsor, usually this is where I tell you Tega's page, but Tega doesn't have one. So we're doing something special. I want you guys on behalf of Tega to go and give money to charity. Like legit, just go out, find charity. If it's a cancer charity, even better because Tega has personal reasons to that. If not, then um, just any old charity or even just a homeless person that you're helping out. Do something good today and just like, as a thank you for being part of the show, that's what we want you to do. Also go rate, review, and you know, check out the rest of the podcast because we've got like loads more to come. Now that's, that said, Tega, I'm so happy that we managed to actually do this at last, my friend. Ah, so am I, dude. So am I. I've done uh, one podcast in my relatively short career, and I had fun doing that, and I was just really waiting for someone to invite me. I know waiting for someone to invite you is kind of like the wrong way to go about it. You have to approach people and let them know that you're open. But I'm a weird dude. I like to do things my own way, so waiting is. Yeah, 
it would be one of those things for sure. So, I gotta ask, how did you get into everything that you're doing right now? Because I remember the start of your career, uh, but I never really asked you how you got into it. Like, how did you find everything online? Right. So, there, I guess there are two parts to that story. Do you want the full story? As oh, yes, that's that's the, you got to you got to give me the full story, man. Right. Okay. So back in uh, back at uh, sheesh, has been such a long time. I think it was two thousand and eight, just before I finished my um, my second undergrad degree. Um, I was running a, a little debt management company. I say little, but it was very, very little. Very few people knew knew or know of us. And at the time, the way that we got clients was by referral. Um, eventually, the referral pool dried up. I think that happened about 2012. About 2012, referral pool dried up. Um, my business, my then business partner and I decided, okay, one of us needs to learn marketing. Me being the avid learner that I am said, cool, I'll take that up. Um, that led me down the hole of trying to learn about internet marketing and getting stuck a little bit in the bright, shiny object phase. Um, that business ended up dying a death it wasn't anything spectacular just withered away type of thing uh after it withered away i ended up uh on different facebook groups just trying to do different things all over the place and something that caught my attention was ryan levesque's survey funnel formula whenever it first came out before its current iteration now which is the, the ass formula yeah so um i picked that up very very intrigued by the the hyper segmentation element of things and how you could basically go to the market, ask them what they wanted, what level they wanted stuff at, and then go away and create that for them. And when I picked that up, as I was making my way through it, I received an email from a dude who was then his, uh, I guess the, the correct the correct parlance now would be customer happiness guy or customer happiness officer or mm-hmm. chief engagement officer, something along those lines. And I become a little bit jaded about any of the internet, anything like make money online or run an internet business, I've become a little bit jaded about that working. And in the email, which I just mentioned, there was a telephone number. I happened to look at the number and realized that was a UK number. Um, something in me just said, there's no way that that number is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, I challenged myself to call the number I called and a weird dude called Dan Meredith picked up. We had a bit of a we had a bit of a laugh for like ten minutes, just chatted about stuff, chatted about how I was finding the, the product, and that was that. Um, we became friends from there, and then as Dan decided he wanted to go his own way, um, wanted to build his own thing, he put up a, a post in his Facebook group saying, "I need someone to do." The style was like tech stuff, very very general to say tech stuff whenever it comes to an online business, but he, he said tech stuff, and I was the first to put my name down. Um, apparently, I was also the the most persistent person who put their name down because I just kept messaging him until he, he responded back to me saying if I got it or not. And the rest, as they say, is history. Here we are nearly, I think it's like three years later. Um, I'm Dan's number two. I look after everything in this world and just make sure things flow smoothly from inception to creation. That is amazing. I love that story. So what would you say, just kind of off of that as well, what's been like some of your bigger not bigger pitfalls, but I would say, what would you say would be one of the bigger things that you've learned in the bigger picture grand scheme of things? Because you start off like massively tech and then you niche down. Because right now you run podcasts for people, you help people out. You do a lot uh, of cool things. I, I would I would prove like earlier on, I just said, because I'm an avid learner. So everything that I do outside of, of Dan's world, um, that's kind of done because at one point, I'll use you as an example. 
at one point you needed help, right? And when you needed help, the stage that I was at in, in my, my learning cycle, let's call it, is how to, how to not only hire uh, an overseas staff, but how to manage and train them. Mm-hmm. And then when you needed help, I also needed help because I was on this journey of trying to find someone and they want to find someone without having anything for them to do. So to me, it was a logical conclusion to be, for me to come to, to figure out how to hire someone, but not just hire them, but make sure that I basically had a factory line of stuff for them to do, whereby they could go away and do that. And I was delivering stuff. But where you came in was, I didn't want to be solely responsible for making paying that person. Um, and you were more than happy with the price I quoted you to get the job done. Um, and here we are. I think, what, it's two years later, isn't it? Since yeah, I'm, it's yeah, been like two, 2016. Two there we go. Yeah, because yeah, that's when um, the, my show started to get consistency because I remember when we first started walking down, um, if you guys have been with the show for any length of time, I know some of you guys have been, um, you know for a fact those times when we were actually in the, sh- the show that you'd get like 10 podcasts released on the same day and you're like, what the shit? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It was part of like the things that we were working on was the fact that we were trying to figure out how to... Um, get everything released on a weekly basis what days when times would work best for us and yeah that was like a that was like the wild west of starting out essentially with, with you take and now like you're just managing some of the big you're managing bigger and bigger shows um and you have a bigger team in the process like down pat yeah, it's, it's, it, it's unfair to say i'm managing it like that's taking credit away away from where credit is due in my opinion uh, the people I have in my corner, they're the ones doing everything, right? At this point, all I'm doing is making sure, okay, an easy way to put it for people to understand is I am the quality assurance guy. So behind the scenes, we have these processes that have, they've, they've been tried and tested. Um, the ones that have worked are the ones that we are now making universal to everybody that we work with. And funny enough, the ones that have worked are the ones that I, I welcomed input from the team on. So the team provided the input as well as them giving the input. Going ahead and implementing that is easy to do because because they provided the input so they know what they're doing. And all I'm doing is just checking to make sure that everything's okay. And if it's okay, it gets the green light. They hit publish or whatever needs to happen. And uh, the same standard is, is maintained for, for everybody who we're doing weird stuff for. And I say weird not because weird is bad, but I have this thing whereby, for me, weird is anything other than normal. And this situation right here perfectly encapsulates being weird because I don't do the work, they do the work, but people try to give me credit. So I have to I have to, I have to, to be humble and say, no, 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 it's not me. It's the dudes behind me doing it. See, that's the sign of a good leader right there, not actually taking all the credit. But I'll tell you this much, he does actually bring a lot to the table. And if it wasn't for him, the processes wouldn't be there. So he can be all out. I'm not going to take credit, but I'm giving him credit because fuck it, I want to. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that being said, okay, so essentially something I really, really want to jump on board with you about in particular was reading books and like this being an avid learner thing because that there does come a point where you feel like you've learned too much and you can't keep going. How, do you, how did you stop that from happening? Because you have this like unique ability to, oh, yeah, I'm going to do graphics, I'm understand podcasts, I'm understand this, I'm understand marketing, I'm understand all these different things, whereas I get to a certain point, I'm like, okay, cool, I'm, I'm, I'm tapped out on what I want to pick up right now, I'm just going to go back and get deeper on these subjects. Like, how do you go 
so deep yet keeps such a consistency? That's, that's a good question. I say it's a good question because I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a response. Um, <clears throat> at the, the the core of things is, I I learn until I get bored. All right, I I learn until I get bored, and when I get bored, that's just that's usually the point whereby I go, okay, I'm either going to do something with everything that I've learned, or I'm just going to move on and and do something else entirely. Perfect example is the the video stuff. Um, I, at the start of the podcast, I mentioned my, my degree. My degree was in, uh, was in film and television studies. And I went into doing that because I was fascinated by the whole process of how TV shows and how Hollywood films and indie films, how they're all produced and what people have to go through to do that. So I went through that. I picked up some skills, um, came out of uni. Just as I came out is when the, the debt management business started to like slide or trend downwards. So I figured... Why don't I see if I can use my skill in this arena? Um, I made a video for someone. He was raving about it. I felt the work I did was subpar, but he liked it so much that it kind of convinced me to to see how far I could take it. And I kind of went balls to the wall um, to to figure out how to do that, how to get clients, the different kind of things I could do. Uh, and doing doing all of that, there was there was there was definitely lessons involved in that. And then one day I kind of just woke up and said, okay, I've had enough of the video stuff now. I'm, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot. And pivot I did. Yeah, you did. By the way, guys, if you hear any background noises, there's a construction site right near mine. I'm going to try and go through post and take out as much as I can. I think when you're going through the Justin Devonshire one that I did as well, similar situation but managed to get before it went out. Um, that's interesting, like, that you actually have those skills because, like, I find... Um, Uh, I just find there's a lot to there's a lot going on in terms of how I don't put this nicely. There's a lot going on in different variables and how you actually go deeply and integrate your previous skills to your new skills is like insane. And I say that because like what you picked up from video editing, you've actually brought into podcasting. What you picked up on getting clients, you've actually transversed and how to actually help others get clients. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, you've done all that. Now, I love your idea that you just go as far as until you get bored, because that is actually the point. A lot of people stay longer than they should. It's kind of like yep. being at a party and just, like, waiting around after everyone's gone home, and then you're like, should I go home as well? And there's, like, one other dude there, and you're like, I don't want to be the one that, like, leaves before that guy does. So you gotta you got to pick your choices. Now, my, my question here is, realistically, like, what was one of the key foundation skills that you that you basically picked up that really helped shift your mindset into having that constantly move forward ability. I don't know if I can credit it to just one. Oh, okay, um, multiple then. To to try and to try and credit it to just one. I think for me, it, it comes down to I have I have this yearning. I'm not going to say a calling, but I have this yearning to build something. Right? I have no idea what this something is. I mean, I have a rough idea what the something is, but I don't have a clear definition of what the something is, which is both a blessing and a curse. It's a it's a blessing in the sense that I can go ahead and do stuff without any attachment to without attachments to any specific outcome. The curse element of that comes in because my attention can sometimes be so scattered and so fragmented that it's very, very hard for me to figure out 
which way is up, which way is down, and how do I go forward, or when do I just pack it all in, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure that does make a lot of sense. Huh. It's an interesting philosophy, though. And the reason I say that is quite simply because I've been kind of going through the same thing right now. I'm looking at my own business and going, okay, what kind of areas can I go out and just work on? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like um, one of the things I basically picked up by interviewing Justin was understanding how he has his processes to um, organically reach more people. Cool. And that's like a new idea. Sorry, I'm kind of like completely departing from what we were talking about. No, 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 it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I, I like when uh, I like when conversations take a weird and unexpected turn. There's yeah, that word. Like my brain just came up to it. It was like more or less <laughs> like Justin talked about like how um, people crave community more than anything. Yep. And that's essentially what you want to do if you're selling anything less than a thousand dollars is you want to basically give community uh, as the reason why. So. I, uh, the, the reason there is an actual reason I'm bringing this up and it's essentially because you've been like such an integral part of building communities well, okay well think about it you have I mean you helped me build my community with this podcast you helped Dan initially copy with Dan you were like the first dude on the lines then you had like Leanne and everyone else come in so my thing is like what did you pick up about building communities that's so effective and how do you actually leverage your current skill in order to build that culture? Um, before before I came on, before I embarked on my my journey in entrepreneurship, if if I can be so brazen as to call it that, okay. I had a number of customer service jobs, mm-hmm. right? So the traditional way the customer service is, is taught. Anyway, the way that I was taught, I should say, I don't know if it's the same because I haven't, I haven't done any any outside work in, in a few years. The way that it was taught to me is the customer's always right. Um, even though I may not agree, or even though there's 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 a different a different point of view to, to pay attention to, the customer is always right until I educate them about why they're not right. That's the mentality that I've taken everywhere with me. So, you if if you if you've been lucky enough to see one of my very rare social interactive posts they tend to they tend to be on the on the side more of educating than trying to change someone's mind right if someone is doing something wrong if someone holds their hand up to say that they need some kind of help you don't serve that person or you don't serve a group of people by saying oh yeah this is what you're doing wrong you serve them better by saying yep more than happy to help provided you're willing that we can use this to help everybody else the answer to that is usually yes because they're getting a good deal out of it um and then what you tend to find on the back end is that the more you do that the more people get to the more people get to know that they can open up with you easily whether it's in a, in a public conversation or a private conversation and once you get people to open up to you publicly or privately then you can get to the core of whatever issue that they are having and then in, in, in the case of coffee with Dan and espresso with Dan, it becomes a case of figuring out the problems that people have and then designing solutions, the, designing things that give them solutions to those problems. And sometimes they may not even be aware that they have those problems. Did that make sense? Yeah, entirely. Essentially what you're doing is you're educating your marketplace of, hey, you don't know... Um, you don't know exactly what the issue is right now, so let me show it to you. So when when you do read this, you'll actually understand whether or not it's right for you, 
thus attracting the right sort of market towards you, if that makes sense. Yep, precisely. Yeah, so guys, if you're listening at home and thinking, okay, how do I do this? I assume, based on Tay, you can, of course, like, take the wheel on this one, buddy, is um, write out a list of, like, what type of people you want to be around, what you want to be known for, and go from them backward engineer what type of posts you want to put out there in order to educate your market that they need to know in order to work with you or be around you, right? Uh, I, I would I would simplify even further. Right? Go for it. Um, in 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 the outline that you just gave, you are talking about trying to trying to figure out your people. Your people don't need to be figured out. There's enough Facebook groups. There's enough LinkedIn groups. There's enough places where people are gathered. If you have something that you do, let's use my podcasting thing for example. If you have that right um there's a group on there's several group on facebook in fact i know because i've looked there are groups on facebook whereby people who have a podcast didn't realize the time it would take them to get something set up and even when they have set it up they haven't realized the work that goes on on the on the back end maybe they realize to some degree but they don't realize to the full extent the work that needs to go into it to be consistent and to have a show that sounds professional and gives off that professional that professional vibe so where I would where I would amend what you said there is instead of trying to craft posts that would bring people to you, why don't you just disregard all of that and go directly to the people? You can, and with tools like Facebook and Facebook groups and LinkedIn and YouTube, you can go directly to those people, right? If you have seed ideas. And when I say seed ideas, like in, in the case that we're talking about here, those would be questions that people in that market are already asking. So, for example, I could go onto a website like Quora and have a look in the podcasting, sec- the podcasting section and see the questions that people are asking. And then I can then go create different posts about those questions and post them in relevant Facebook groups and answer questions on Quora. What that does is that kind of makes me a lighthouse. And the people that have those problems, if they read them, and if I've done my research correctly, that attracts them to me rather than me having to go out and try and find them. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. And just a heads up for everyone that's listening, Quora is spelled Q-U-O-R-A, right? Yep, Q-U-O-R-A. Sorry, rookie mistake. Well, that's not a rookie mistake. That's a taken mistake. Just because I, I think just because I know something, everybody else knows it. So thank you for catching that. Oh, no, it's okay. Everyone has that. Everyone's got that kind of thing uh, running. I do it all the time. It was more or less because, um, you know, I've done so many of these shows, Taker. You've freaking helped edit the last like, two years of them. <laughs> I've learned from my mistakes of when emails and comments come in going, you asshole, you didn't tell me it was. And I was like, I, I don't remember what one of the URLs were. Um, but one of the URLs I sent out, I, I was talking about, I apparently mispronounced it and they didn't put an EX, they just put a straight X. Uh, mm. And it took them to a to a very adult site instead. Oh, uh, no. so, oh shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to actually do that. Oh. Uh, or Shit. did I? <laughs> Maybe, who knows? <laughs> oh, dude. Working on the internet. I, I find that incredibly funny. Whereas someone who wants information might find it incredibly annoying and frustrating. I, I just find it funny, sorry. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, so it's one of those like insane little things I always in, I interestingly find about people is uh, clarity creates um, movement. And it's something that I've always like spoken about. And you've just gone into it as well, that you know, 
you found all these groups, you basically moved over information to another group and positioned yourself properly because you're in the right place. Now, something I definitely wanted to kind of jump into as well is, um, shit, what was it? That was it. American football. That's what I wanted to talk about for a second. And there's a reason this is like, this is probably the most technical podcast I've ever done where I'm asking Taylor like legit questions I have rather than just going straight down the path of every other conversation. Taylor's probably picked that up. And there is a reason for it. It's because Taylor's one of those people, how do I put this nicely? He has so much information in his head that um, he basically just runs with it. So when you have that kind of level, I kind of, how do I put this? I want to take advantage of like extracting all that knowledge out of your head, buddy. Okay. Right. So the re- that's why I'm here. Yeah. The reason I actually said American football is you used to play and also you love American football. The question I was going to ask was, can you actually recreate that, those kind of big events in your business? And if so, how do you do it? Because, you know, in London, they have the big NFL and like the whole of like central London gets shut down. Like, how do you recreate that kind of, rush to your business traffic or community like how would you do it uh i think at the, the core of that is, is just is finding people that are just as passionate about you i say passion right passion is maybe not the right word to use but people who are just as eager for something as 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 you are um when i started playing american football i wanted to play it because i was a point i was at a point in my life when i, I wanted to try something new Actually, I say that I'm always at a point in my life when I want to try something new. So that's a bit of a moot point. <laughs> I, w- I wanted to try a new sport. Like everything else that I tried, yeah, I was good at it. Um, but eventually I got bored. Uh, let's take football, for example, like soccer, as the Americans would say. Cause now I have to I have to make that distinction. Yep. So playing playing soccer, it's it's all it's all well and good, right? But at, at certain points, there are things that happen and I, or you, in this case, I, I got jaded with the whole thing. Like, I used to be religious about it, watching games every Sunday, going to the pub with my friends to watch games. Uh, there was this trend that started whereby the players just unnecessarily started flailing about. Yeah. It, it, it became less about the game. It became less about, less about the game and more about performing to get the free kick or performing to get the penalty. Um, for me... The, the the art the, the discipline was was lost and when that happened um i started searching for new things and american football is just, it's always something i've always had in the back of my mind i mean i've been playing madden for god knows how long exactly <laughs> playing madden i used to watch the games on tv and doing doing all of that the the thought was always at the back of my mind i wonder if i can do that i wonder if i can do that and then from my first practice session i tried it and i got hooked got so hooked that like I was looking at stats and, and all of that stuff. So you can create an environment in your business whereby once someone has a taste of what you do or the service that you offer, they can't help but to want more. Um, and I think in a way that's kind of what we've done with uh, with Profit with Dan and especially with Dan. Oh yeah, no, you've definitely built a community and a culture around that where once someone gets a hit of that they want more. And the people that don't aren't exactly the right people for that kind of thing anyway, which is fine. That's not something that's a bad thing, it just means that different people have different tastes. Different strokes for different folks. As they like to say. So, that being said, I gotta ask, who's your favorite American football team? Oh, dude. 
that's that's well, to me that's a trick question right i love the game so much i don't have a team if i was to pick a team actually my my team is the eagles and i'll tell you why the eagles are my team the eagles are my team because they were the team they get they gave michael vick a chance whenever he got out of prison after his uh his whole dog abuse thing that's why I, I i watch the eagles but because i also watch college football i get to see all these exciting young guys who play at the college level in the states and then after playing at the college level the next place for them to play is the nfl and yeah. the the way the draft happens the way players get drafted to teams it, it's it's good enough for those teams but i don't want to be enjoying watching a player play really really well through through his collegiate career and then just stop paying attention to that player so I would say I'm a fan of the Eagles, but I'm more a fan of football. And I just like watching watching those freaks do the good things and great things that they do. A perfect example of that is actually uh, Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. He was really, really electrifying and interesting to watch in college. I couldn't bear not watching him in the NFL just because I was an Eagles fan or because I identified as an Eagles fan. Wait, what, what does he look like? Russell. Yeah. Uh, Wait, who's Seahawks' um, MVP for like two seasons ago? He, he was at the Super Bowl. They Everyone thought he was going to like kill it, but he didn't. And then the next year they did. He has like a re- he's super smart, but he's an amazing football player. I think he's either I think he's either a tight end or a quarterback. Can't remember. Uh, right. So you might you might be thinking about Fitz Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, one of the smartest one of the smartest players in the NFL. I don't think it was at the Seahawks, though. What's his name? Ryan Fitz... Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, 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 no. This dude had dreads. Dreads? Yeah. Oh, are you thinking big mode? Marshawn Lynch? Hold on. Is it Marshawn Lynch? Maybe it is Marshawn Lynch? I don't know. No, Marshawn no, Lynch no, no, no. No, Marshall... he, he's from the Ra- He's running with the Raiders. This is Seahawks. I know for a fact it's the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this, the story with Lynch is... Uh... He was drafted to Buffalo, um, and then a few years into his career, he just he wasn't gelling with the team in Buffalo, so Buffalo traded him to the Seahawks, and then he went on he went on to the Seahawks, and his career kind of just flourished, and he just went on to do really really good things from there, uh, and then he retired he retired I think two years ago, yeah he retired two years ago took a year out to properly heal his body and like get get right mindset wise and everything. And then last season he was drafted by the, the Oakland Raiders, and that's where he, that's where he's played last season. So it might very well be Lynch because Lynch is the only one. Actually, no. Are you thinking of Richard Sherman? That's it, Sherman. God there damn. We go. That there dude we go. is. He's like my hands down one of my favorite players just because he's so goddamn charismatic. Yeah, he he he's a suave son of a gun. That guy. Oh, like, yeah. My good football player as well. Although he would never tell you that he's good, he would say that he's average. He just thought, he just watches a lot of tape. Yeah, I mean the guy is phenomenal. He says that, but he, again, it's like you. He he doesn't like to take on that role as an I'm the best or I'm great at what I do. Rather, you know, I'm gonna pass the buck on of greatness to the people around me because they set me up for the things I need. Yeah, my, mine is mine is not so much um, is not so much passing the buck on. At my core, I have a I have an understanding and I have an agreement with myself that. I am I am one of I think eight billion people in the world right now. Damn. If I remember I, that I was would, like seven. 
yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have to look too long and too hard to find someone who's better than me at everything. Someone who's better looking, someone who is in better shape physically, someone who is smarter, someone who is stronger, someone who is faster. So from from having that understanding and accepting that, my thing is then, okay, if I'm not, I can't, I don't want to call myself that, what can I do? And how can I do that in a way that not necessarily makes me the best in the world, but it makes me stand out and makes people take notice. There that's, we go. That's that's a pretty fair assessment. I like that. I actually really enjoy that. Thank you. Now I gotta ask something here because we're running up to that time in my show, and this this episode we had to cut short a little bit simply because um, I got on a little bit later than I thought I would, and then Zoom was being weird with us. Essentially, what it is uh, is I wanted to ask you my two favorite questions, which you know. Because I've got you to like transcribe them so many times for me. <laughs> My first favorite question is always um, when you had your ass handed to you. You know, your back was on the mat. You couldn't. You didn't know if you were going to get back up. What gave you the confidence to get back up again? That's question number one. And question number two is: What three pieces of advice would you give to an entrepreneur that's going through either a hard time or looking to actually grow from a plateau? Okay. Um, question number one. The easiest way to say that is if I wake up and I put my foot on the floor every morning, that's, that's, that's another chance for me to do whatever it is that, that's got me stuck, right? You, you, don't, you don't really lose until you actually give up and you stop trying. So that's the answer to question number one. Question, uh, question number two, the three pieces of advice I would give to an entrepreneur who is either struggling or looking to grow their business. Um, Thing number one, which I think is vital, be useful. Um, whether that's having useful knowledge or just being helpful to people, be useful in any and every way that you can. That opens doors, that creates opportunities more than being skilled or being kind of close-minded have. Uh, number two, practice, but always practice persistently and consistently. Practice without any attachment to whatever outcome you think you should be arriving at, but practice for the sake of practice, because when you're in that zone of practicing for the sake of practice, that's where you get better, and the better you get, the more recognized you get. Um, and thing number three, uh, just jump. It's a, it's a thing that I got from Steve Harvey. I guess this this would apply more to the, to the entrepreneur who actually wants to grow their business. If you don't jump, you're always going to be, you're always going to be sitting there wondering what if right you're always going to be sitting there wondering what if but if you do jump jumping is part of the process of you doing whatever you need to do whether that is climbing out from the depths of despair or growing your business to be the next elon musk or whatever your vision is you have to jump if you don't take that first step and jump then you're always going to be where you are not getting the things that you want to get or impacting people and the world the way that you might want to that's incredible i love that thank you mm-hmm Damn. You just answered all my questions. I thought you were going to take longer. <laughs> they, like, what, what did you say earlier on? Clarity creates movements. You, yeah. need to be, you need to be clear on the things that you do to be able to move at warp speed. And I like to think if I'm not moving at warp speed, I'm getting pretty close. So that I comes think, from clarity. I think that's going to be your quotable for this episode. Clarity creates uh, movement. Excellent. I'll, 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 I'll make sure, seeing as how I know a guy that knows a guy that makes those quotables happen i'll make sure and i actually know the guy because i'm speaking to the guy that actually <laughs> makes my show happen 
So, you know, just a thing. By the way, guys, Tega is too proud to actually say this, so I'm going to go and say it for him. Uh, he is exclusively taking on by invitation only, so you can only do this by invitation. Is if you reach out to him, Tega, what's your email address? Uh, let's go dagmay.tega at gmail.com. That should be fun to spell out. Okay. Uh, D I E G B E. B E, yeah. Almost got there, two left stuff, <laughs> bitches. Yeah, so fuck everyone else. Um, but okay, so uh, check it out. Go to go to that email address. Uh, we're going to obviously have a link to it, as we always do. Send Tegan an email with a subject line, um, Adel's podcast or Adel's request. Essentially, what I want you to do that is two things. One, if you do give to charity, cool, let them know, because it adds to the happy counter of everyone, because it's just amazing. And two, and the most important thing is Tega actually, on occasion, will open up the doors, and again, this is why it's on invite only, to actually produce your show for you. So if you're a podcast or thinking of doing your podcast, get in touch with them. The reason basically being is the majority of people um, actually pay upwards of about $750 to $1,000 for them for Tega to do stuff, if not more. How, how much do you usually charge, by the way? I know it's gone up now, but like, how much is around that price? Around that price, let's let's not get crass and talk about numbers on the call. Okay, I'm, cool. Who's listening Here's what I want you to do. Yeah, I mean, he has a very exclusive price range for a lot of his clients. And again, it, it's just amazing the things he does. Now, with those numbers, based on the packages that you want, because they do they do fluctuate between prices, send Tega a message and just let him know that I sent you. And what he'll automatically do is he'll figure out a a financial discounted amount that's perfect for you that actually allows you to get a great package uh, at a premium pro- uh, at a, a premium product at a great price essentially I was mixing up my words so go check it out that basically means he'll cover your podcast and you know he'll fulfill all the duties that you need on your show and your show notes and depending on the level of sophistication you want Tega will take care of that just let him know always just quote my name in it so Tega knows and he'll figure something out with you exclusively that is only exclusive for this show. I think it's only available for the first five, maybe six people that are going in. Uh, so make sure you hit him up right away. Uh, and yeah, guys, just check it out. If Tega's got space for you, great. If not, you'll get on a waiting list and he'll let you know when it happens next. And, you know, you guys can sort out the details then. But Tega, thank you so much for being here, my friend. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me and letting me share some of my thoughts. Oh, dude, it's been fucking awesome. Alright, guys, I'll see you on the next episode of Adam Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host, as always, Tega. He's been a boss, as always, on the show. And the uh, favorite word of this show for me is probably bay. You know, <laughs> just because it's there. D well, it's, bay. It's, it's, it's got to be, doesn't it? It's got yeah. to be. Did I say your surname right, right then? You got it right there. Yeah. Fuck everyone. Yes, Mike. Yeah. That's how we do things. Go check out the uh, guys on Apple. Send me a review. Uh, submit a star a- accuracy or whatever it is. Give me five stars because, you know, you fucking love me. Uh, like, write a review because we're always looking to improve the show. If you have anyone that you want to get on the show, send me an email through adelmarcy.com. You know, we'll sort that shit out and see if they're any good for this, if they're a good fit. Um, peace out and see you guys in the next episode. Bye, everyone. <laughs>